welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 10 of the Exploring Excellence podcast. And I'm here today with Maxine Laceby, the founder and CEO of Absolute Collagen. Thank- Hi Lynn, how are you? Thank you very you? much. And I should say welcome to the podcast, yeah. but actually welcome to me to your lovely home and business. So yeah, thank yeah. you for hosting me over here. Absolute pleasure. So Maxine, tell us about what you do now. Okay, so um, I am the founder and CEO of Absolute Collagen, as you've rightly said, which is a collagen supplement. Um, I created, I find the wonderful benefits of collagen in my kitchen, um, cooking up pigs, trotters and chicken feet. (laughs) And today we send out over five million sachets a year. Wow, that's incredible from pigs, trotters and what was the other one? Chicken feet. feet. No longer use pigs feet. (laughs) Pigs, trotters and chicken feet, I'm glad to say, but that's how we start, that's how I started in my kitchen. Yeah, so tell me about that, how did you get into it, how did you make that discovery? Yeah, it was a really interesting story, uh, it, was, it was an interesting journey rather than story for myself, so um, I got to 50 and I realised that my children no longer needed me as much and I had all this time in my hands and I could do whatever I want, which was such an exciting sort of revelation mm. really. And I thought, oh, I can choose to do whatever I want. And I chose to make my life a masterpiece. And the reason I say that is because I chose to do a fine art degree. Um. And I didn't have a degree. I've got no business experience. I've got very poor qualifications. And I just thought, okay, now's the time. So I embarked on a fine art degree in Wolverhampton. And my first project, as you do as a fine art student, was to strip myself bare of makeup let my hair go grey and I want to see how people reacted to me, a woman of a certain age. How interesting. And it, how did they react? Yeah, do you know, it was it was it was weird because it wasn't how other people reacted, it was how I reacted. Mm. It made me feel completely insecure, irrelevant and just tiny in in yeah, it was just it was just a real wake up time for me and I just thought, wow, Max, you're, you've got it all wrong. You know, you're judging yourself on what you look like and how you appear. But I'd had this all wrapped up in my image of, of what I projected to people. And I think that came from, my, my mother did some modeling um, as a child and she was anorexic, she was tiny. And I guess appearance was always quite important to her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it came from there, I don't know where it came from, but it was a fundamental moment in my life when I just thought, wow, you've got this all wrong, love. You Mm. need to really sort this out. Mm -hmm. And then 
what that made me do was it made me look at myself physically, emotionally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to look at every avenue in my life. And one of the first things I did was I looked at what I was putting in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and I started making, bone broth was the thing in America that everybody was taking. And I thought, oh, I'll have a bit of that. Um, so every Sunday I'd be making my stock for my gravy anyway. And as we know, that's just boiling up bones and... And I started making that and drinking it, and I just had the most amazing sense of well-being. And you know, everybody was saying, "What are you doing?" Because you look sparkly. You, you you just look like got energy. You're you're kind of glowing. And I was like, "Yeah, I feel quite good actually." And it was almost quite soon. Mm -hmm. I would say within three or four days, I felt a wow. difference. Um, and yeah, so I kind of thought, okay, well, it must be this bone broth stuff mm -hmm. because I haven't really changed anything else I was doing with myself, sort mm -hmm. of what I was putting in my body and then I started researching what is it in this bone broth that was probably having this effect mm -hmm. and whenever I looked at my computer the word collagen just kept popping out of the, the computer screen to me and I'd read somewhere at that point when I was researching that the Greek word for collagen is kola which means glue and I knew that when I left the stock to overnight it would form a jelly so I just put the connection with the jelly and glue. Ah, it's got to, that's got to be the collagen in in the bone broth, and it was. And you know, very very long story short, I um, literally just thought, okay, and I I started boiling up massive vats of pigs trotters and chicken feet, and my friends were banging down my door for it. Um, if I ran out, they'd get mental. <laughs> and I, it it was really, it was interesting. My children were just looking at me, thinking, "What's she doing now?" Okay, just ignore her. She's off on one again, because they're kind of used to me doing crazy stuff. And um, that's that's really how it all started. Wow, that okay. raises so many questions for me. Amazing, isn't it? The first one I'd love to ask you about is you talked about stripping yourself mm. naked almost, yeah. so taking off the makeup changing your hair so yeah. what we because obviously we have only met recently yeah. and we met through the NatWest Entrepreneur Programme mm -hmm. uh, in Brinley Place in Birmingham so I've only recently seen you so I only know you as you are now so what were you like previously then what was that transformation yeah, so, physically that you went through okay so I'd always had long always had long dark curly hair oh yes um yeah. I'm just looking at some photos yeah. here sorry that's not very useful <laughs> for a podcast is it <laughs> so it, it, naturally curly long dark and I suppose everybody said my hair is my crown glory and it gave me something to hide behind you know if yeah. you're having a bit of a tough day you could just do make your hair look nice and everything changed um always felt I had to be super slim um you know worked hard at that so mm. that's kind of so going grey was massive for me, mm -hmm. huge. But obviously I used to, I've been grey for many years. You know, I started going grey in my late 20s on the side of my hair hairline. And I, I mean, I, at the end I was sort of having it dyed every four weeks. Mm. And I'm not a great person. Um, to me that's just really boring. You know, forget the cost, it's just time consuming. Mm. It's just, oh my God, every four weeks I can't stand it. And I suppose there was a part of me that just realized that I always felt when I just had my hair dyed, it would be quite dark and it didn't suit my complexion because naturally complexion is how your hair, it, Absolutely. they just marry each other, don't they? They do, they do. Um, and so, yeah, I just said, right, that's it. I'm, I'm mm. my hair go grey and I had it cut really short. Wow, yeah. Uh, my and children it, were absolutely mortified. It so suits you, I have to say. It it's you know, amazing. And, life. Yeah, and it's a really striking look. Yeah. I remember when I first saw you, 
I was attracted to to look at you and to think, oh, who's that woman? I wonder what she does because you you have a very striking look about yeah. you. So we'll, we will do a photograph so the listeners oh, can go and have a look. Yeah. When I post it out on social media, they'll be able to go and check out your your fabulous mm-hmm. image. But you do look incredible. So it's it is a very very striking look, and I, I'd imagine it's something that people know you for now as well. Yeah, I, I it's really weird that whole transition, and I say this you know as a woman as a mother I always had to wake up and go right who does everybody need me to be today mm. who, what hat am I going to wear today and I guess when I got to 50 and that coincided with my one of my daughters going to uni and the other one just finishing school it was a time when I just thought oh my god nobody needs me anymore mm. I can be whatever I want to be and that was really exciting and I kind of had this thing where I would, it was really bizarre, I would sit on the edge of bed every morning, I would get up and I would put Mac, the Maxine onesie on. So it was almost like stepping into my own skin because mm-hmm. I could be me for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I've got a partner, uh, you know, my children didn't need me, my parents passed away a long time ago and I could just I could just be whatever I want. And so I, I kind of imagined every morning this putting a onesie on of Maxine and I didn't it was just me it was my skin and then there came a period of time when I just it automatically happened and I can honestly say the day I chose to step into my own skin and become Maxine the world changed for me it opened up mm-hmm. it completely opened up mm-hmm. so that whole experience with the art project wasn't just about what I was putting in my body. It was Mac, it was me becoming me mm. and you know owning who I am mm. and being me for the very, very first time. And that sounds really bizarre, but it took till I was 50 to do mm. that. It doesn't sound bizarre at all. It's, mm. it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. And many of the people that I speak to with the work that I do, I've got several strands to, to the work that I do. And one of those does involve helping people with confidence mm-hmm. and one of one of the elements that people really often struggle with is who am I what's my purpose mm-hmm. in life what am I here to do why am I not like that confident person mm-hmm. over there and so often it's as you said it's stripping back those mm-hmm. layers and often we've put put these various different hats on various you know to coin a phrase will will be something for somebody because that's mm-hmm. what they expect of us might be to do with our upbringing might be to do with the people we met on our journey of education partners etc friends even and we we do become the person they expect us to be and often that can yeah. be very wearing because if you're not truly being you it's very hard to keep that going isn't it it is and I'll also I mean I my only point of reference is me so I don't know if this is for other people but I'm adopted and I don't know if that's something to do with it mm-hmm. so I've always felt my whole life that I wasn't supposed to be where I was at and that Mm. was so obvious to me as a child growing up Mm. I thought differently I acted differently I spoke differently Mm -hmm. and sometimes I say things in my family and they look at me like I was talking Chinese yeah I was not them don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. I love them my mum and dad was so good to me and you know I adored them both adored them both but I was different Mm. I was completely different yeah Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's always part of it so all my life I have 
had to be somebody else. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if that's the same with most people. Yeah, I don't know. it's hard to know, isn't it? Because you only ever know, yeah. as you say, from your yeah. own point of reference. But I, I would say, just hearing what you were talking mm. about there, um, I, I've got a brother who's two and a half years younger than me. And then I've got two half brothers who are quite a bit younger than me um, because it was a, a different mm. marriage. So same dad. And I'm completely different to, to them. And actually, the brother that I grew up with, I'd say that he and I are the most different in some mm. respects. So very bizarre. Yeah. So we've got the same biological parents and we grew up in the same house together, only two and a half years different. And yet we are like chalk and cheese. We get on very well, but we've got completely different views on the world. We do things completely differently. We've got completely different personalities. So sometimes I've felt that I, I'm very different to my family um i was the first one to go off you know i moved off down to london and and did you know lots of different crazy things when i was younger and yet the rest of my family have tended to stay put really and and just stay where they they grew up apart from the younger two who are doing different things now but up until then i was the first one really to to do that in my family so i think you know it, that may well be a reason but there are there are probably lots of reasons aren't there yeah. that we we do experience so. that. And it's just very liberating becoming you. And, yeah. You know, like I said, it took me until I was 50. 50 was a fundamental age for me. Mm. I embraced. I love being in my 50s. I love it. Excellent. I absolutely love everything about it. Great. Well, I just turned 50 in September, so I'm, I'm looking oh, forward I just adore it. My to life. my 50s. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's, you have such a different take on life. Yeah. I think it's not important anymore. Mm. You know, you, I think quite liberating. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. I will look forward to mm. that. So you mentioned a little bit about your background there in the fact that you talked about school and, and not having qualifications. So you went to do a degree. So what what was your background prior mm. to doing what you do now? Had you worked prior to that? Or because you so, talked yeah. about bringing up your daughters. I mean, yeah, I mean, I came from um, uh, a single working mother who was on the breadline her whole life. I wanted to be a hairdresser, but the apprenticeship money wasn't enough, so mm. I was told I had to go work in a factory and earn more money. So at 16, I went to work in a factory and worked there for four years. Um, and I didn't really, oh, I was sad, I didn't have a career. Um, I then got into sales and marketing, and I, I did sort of sales and marketing for small hotels just outside Bath, where I'm from. Um, and, and kind of worked in a few shops. But my last job prior to having the children was sales and marketing for hotels. But I certainly wouldn't say I had a career. Mm. Absolutely not. I have no business experience whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, but as a woman, I just feel that we operate on tuition. And I think if your morals are in line, in line you'll, you'll be all right. Mm, definitely. Mm. And I'm, I'd imagine that sales and marketing information that you gained when you were working in that hotel world has been invaluable for what you do yeah. now too. I think, I think for me, my biggest skill is, has come from definitely my childhood. So as the childhood I grew up in, it, we had to walk into a room and you had to scan it and you had to feel what everybody whether they were trustworthy, whether they're not trustworthy, were they out to get you, were they, could you trust them? And I see that as a mm -hmm. massive skill. What that's enabled me to do is I first of all know myself incredibly well mm -hmm. and I know what I'm great at, I know what I'm rubbish at and that's absolutely fine. But it's a massive skill. So what I'm able to do is the things that I'm not great at, 
I identify in other people mm. the skills they have and I bring them on board. Yeah, so it's that's a, a massive skill. So for it's me. emotional intelligence, oh, isn't yes. it? It's knowing yourself and then being able to judge that identify in other people. In mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and believe in them. I believe that if you if you if you give somebody a role, you hand over the reins to them mm. and you allow you give them the respect to yes. say, I've chosen you to do this role. You've taken it on. I give you the respect mm. to be able to do it, and oh. you give them all the right tools. Music to my ears. Yeah, hands off. <laughs> Take your hands off. Stop trying to play God. Yeah. Um, and that's what I do. Yeah. Perfect. That's yeah. that's exactly some of the re so. the research that I did when I, I uh, co-wrote the book um, was around the fact that actually EQ in terms of emotional intelligence is almost more important than IQ because you can be yeah, intelligent, yeah. but actually you can have no common sense yeah. and you can have no ability to read people Absolutely. or to be self-aware mm. so it's such an important skill mm. and it's hard it is harder to teach somebody if they don't have that naturally yeah I as I said I believe it comes from um, your my upbringing mm. and I, it's a massive skill mm. I see it as I'm blessed my yeah. whole life I have felt that I am blessed to have these tools However, I didn't recognise they were a blessing probably till later in life. Yes, hindsight's a wonderful yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so we talked about your business a little bit in terms of the fact that it's a product business mm -hmm. rather than a service mm -hmm. business. And when we met, I was just blown away by you talking about how you um, focus on service mm -hmm. in the business. So that's why I thought it'd be really interesting to, to interview you for the podcast. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about service and you you talked earlier when we did a yeah. did a quick Instagram story mm. about Sir, so that I'm really interested to find out yeah. about that. So obviously we have a product, a yes. supplement, which is fantastic, and the only reason I've launched it is because it worked. There was no other reason, you know. It was all about this product works. Let's bring it to as many people as possible, and then we're an e-commerce business, so we we won't find us in the shops. We're direct to consumer. And that's because we want to keep the cost down. Mm -hmm. That's also quite frightening because it means we actually deal with every single person. Yes. And what I quickly uh, recognised is you have to be on the ball. I personally am sick to death of reaching out to brands, FaceTiming, sort of not FaceTiming, messaging them on social media or emailing and not getting a response. Mm -hmm. I just think it's damn rude. Mm -hmm. And that was, I was never going to do that to my, my consumers ever. So we operate on the power of sir, and sir stands for yes sir, no sir, three bags, four sir. And what that means is every customer deserves to feel safe, important and respected throughout their journey. Mm -hmm. So whether they comment on social media, whether they email, whether they phone, you know, and we get messages all the time. I've read one this morning and someone sent a message to one of the customer service girls saying, oh my God, your response is so swift. Because that's what we want. Mm. You know, I treat everybody as if I am the consumer. So when I say safe, important, respected, safe, that they're clicking onto uh, a website that's not gonna rip them off, that it is what it says it is. So we are a, man a product manufactured in the UK. We're not in China, because a lot of brands wrap themselves up that they're in the UK and they're not. And yes. it, it just really is wrong, you know? Mm. So all our testing is done in the UK, which is fantastic, because obviously it's a product that people take, they ingest, and the great thing about the UK is our food standards is so, so high. So the products manufactured here, they need to feel important that they are part of the journey, um, that they we will give them the information they uh, require. So if somebody comes to our website 
via they've searched um, my hair's dry, what can I do? We will give them information on hair. We won't bombard them with the relevant information they don't need or don't want. And they need to feel respected that they are part of our tribe of absoluters. So we do things, we, you know, we, we are a subscription model. That doesn't mean you have to subscribe, you can still buy one-offs. We are a no obligation subscription model, which means you can cancel, restart anytime you want. And everyone told me not to do that. And I was like, why do I want to hold people prisoner? That's what I would want. Mm. And it's worked so well. We had a few people cancel at Christmas and they've come back on and gone, oh my God, now I can restart. It's just so flexible. It's wonderful. Mm. And so that is what I mean. It's, you know, the power of size. They feel part of the process. We're doing a little road show at the end of this month. Um, our first one was the end of the month in Birmingham and we're meeting up with some of our clients and just saying thank you mm. we give little gifts you know I've had a room fragrance created nail files uh, a sleep mask and it's just saying thank you we do mm. little handwritten gifts to, uh, letters to people oh, I love that and it's it, they are part of they are our success yes. they deserve to mm. be part of the journey mm. and any company that feels any different I think is incredibly arrogant mm. you know mm. so you know any e-commerce um, business you end up becoming a customer service business and of we course. are focused we have uh, people on customer service constantly we have people on social media constantly mm-hmm. and and that's that's you know that's what we do and that's really important to us mm, definitely and as you say because you're communicating direct with the customer yeah. That's your responsibility completely, isn't it? You, yeah. you haven't got a, a shop that they go back to to complain or, no. or you know ask a question. It's it's all directly to you. So it is, and that means we've got yeah. a very engaged audience that um, yes. respond, and that's mm. really nice. You know, they respond to us. They they're part of it, mm. and that, that just feels so incredible. Yeah, it does. as you say, it's that creating a community, isn't yeah. it? So that people do feel yeah. part of it. Yeah. And I've I've looked on social media, and I've seen mm-hmm. the comments that people make about how amazing the product is and yeah. how well it works for them so that's and brilliant also, and also I think people love the fact that we're a family business and someone said to me the other day it's really strange she said to me Maxine can I ask you a personal question I suggest is your story true and I said what do you mean is my story true she said, where did you start cooking up pig's trotters and chicken mm. and I said what ever makes you think not she said, yeah. so many brands make up stories how it's interesting true. yeah, yeah. Mm. and no my I, the one thing about me is I am completely authentic what you see yes you know, yeah. and I am honest um, and yeah I mean our story is very authentic and mm. people love it people love the fact we're a family business we're yes. not a huge multinational you know mm. we are who we are and we do what we say on the tin yeah so who works in the business with you um, from your family so I've got my eldest daughter Darcy Darcy's 22 she came on board in a final year of her university degree and this is very very strange and I believe in energy I believe if your energy is good if you give mm-hmm. good energy good comes back and that that's kind of how I live my life so when I started my fine art degree Darcy went off to study psychology she changed at the last minute and did food development went off I'm leaving home I'm going to university I'm going to university. yeah bye Darcy have a fun time and then uh as I said, my children are used to me doing crazy things. When I started this journey with the uh, in my kitchen, they just completely ignored me, really ignored me. And so I think it was yeah, been the first year of, of my university degree in Darcy's. And Darcy's dissertation was on our project. 
Wow. How bizarre is that? And she didn't come on board to the third year. Yeah. That is just so strange. Yeah. So, yeah, Darcy does all the ingredient sourcing. She's responsible for making sure all the blending's done. We never run out of ingredients. So, mm -hmm. any one time we've got collagen coming uh, in transit, we've got ingredients in transit, we've got a, a, a blend being blended, we've got a blend being packaged, a blend being transitioned back to us and then it blends going out to certain parts mm -hmm. of the country and the world. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, of how it operates. And she makes sure all the um, microbiology testing's done. Mm -hmm. we, she also does a lot. We work very closely together on new product development. We're always innovating. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of products we've looked at. We decided not to launch them. Uh, we've got three products that we're launching this year. I'm so excited about that. So a vegan supplement, um, a face serum, which is coming out very soon and another product that I can't tell you what it is. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> and that will, yeah, so very yeah. exciting. So that's what Darcy does. Margot, my youngest daughter, is now full-time. She also um, is a nail technician, which she wanted to do. So she went off to do that and then decided that she wanted to be full-time. Darcy has always wanted a bit, her to be full-time, but I've said it has to be her decision of course yes um, so she now does content creation mm -hmm. and i believe if you're creative and you don't create it kills you mm, definitely so she yeah she loves it she gets all the videos and she anything you see on social media youtube whatever she, she makes all that um so yeah that's how they're involved and it's just lovely because they're learning so much darcy's mm. just applied applied for the goldman sachs business course which mm -hmm. is going to be amazing yes mark is doing some uh train training courses and they're just so hungry mm. and you know when we do go on holiday when we do do nice things i say to them how wonderful is this that not it's not just me that has earned this we mm. have all yes. earned it and yeah. none of us feel that it's ours everything we do goes back to the business so mm. people's i had an interview the other day and someone said oh my god you're about to turn over 10 million you must be drifting diamonds you must be you know having a great life i said well I know it sounds bizarre, but it hasn't changed our life because it's not, it goes back into, into the, the business. business. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we yeah, do. Yeah, that's because um, if you're developing new product, yeah. then that that takes investment, costs, doesn't it? Fortune. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's wow. how they're involved, which is great. Incredible. Mm. So I was going to ask you, because we were talking about customer service mm. and that everything comes back to that great customer service. Mm. So I was going to ask you about the importance of having great people in the mm. business. So I'm imagining as they're your daughters, mm. that's that works so well in terms of yeah. you all working together and I know you've got a wider team than that as well so how did you go about recruiting those other people to come and join you mm. in what started out as a family business because I can imagine that can be quite tricky to get the the right people yeah. on well, board. Brad, Brad came on before Darcy so Brad oh, okay. I met through another company Brad's our technical director uh, he does everything tech and I met him through another business a while ago and he built my original website mm. Got on really well with him. We share the same kind of morals and ethos. I got picked up on that quite quickly. Um, he went off to London to do his own thing, and I was phoning him every day, going, "Brad, how do I do this with the website?" Brad, I'm not tech. Yeah, I won't be pretend to be. And and I think what happened with that is the sales. We started getting to about 50, 60, 70 grand a month, 
and I knew that systems need to put in place otherwise mm -hmm. we were going to start failing our customers my point of reference is always the customer mm. and you know we had meetings and we never mentioned profit mm. and that's incredible yeah you know I have never been about bottom line it's always and I think that's why we're so successful is because it, we don't look at that we, the point of reference is always we never want a customer let down and so Brad was able to put all these add-ons onto the website all these apps to make sure that everything runs smoothly so he came on first mm -hmm. I recognize in him very humble mm -hmm. um, very driven but humble, I think that's the word that comes back to all of us, really. Um, so Brad was first. Katie is my our social media butterfly. Katie came on board May 17, and she was put on uh, board to look after social media. So I'd met Katie many years ago. She's a nanny for somebody. And then I think she'd contacted me, saying, oh, are you doing this? It's great products. I'd love to be involved. And I just took her on, and she's always looked after social media. Mm -hmm. She's the person that answers all your questions. She mm -hmm. absolutely loves it, and she is brilliant. Again, very humble, shares the same kind of morals. Mm. Um, and then we've got Charlotte and Laura on customer service. Again, same kind of people, mm. humble, hardworking. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny, I was listening to, to Laura. Um, she's only been with us a month or so, and I was listening to her on the phone yesterday, and she sounds like me. And I can hear her talking, and we all tend to have the same kind of, I don't know, we're all similar. So it's it's mm. really lovely. Yeah, so you've obviously recruited on your values, I, so it's about finding people and that And if you have suit. one person that's not, yeah. it will stick out mm. like a sore thumb. Yes. Had, yeah, and we've experienced that, and it was, they just weren't the right fit, mm. and it just was, it was like the cog just was chipped. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't anyone's fault, it was just not right. Mm. So yeah, I mean, that that is fundamentally, you have to, I say to people, your morals, your principles will undoubtedly come through your business, mm. whether you like it or not. Definitely. If you don't like them, mm. if there's something about them you know is not right, put them right. Mm. Definitely. it will, you know, come through your business and come through everything about your business. You know, we have a great environment. I cook. We cook for them every day. I've got a couple of chickens going in the oven. You know, and and that's fabulous. Yeah. You know, we're doing the the Mont Blanc ten k. I signed up for that a couple of weeks ago, so everybody's gone. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. So Brilliant. fourteen of us going out now. Yeah. Um, and it's very relaxed. Yeah. And, and we believe in them. I mean, mm. I think Katie's had five or six pay rises since she's been here. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlotte's been here for a year and a half. I think she's probably had about four or five pay rises. Mm -hmm. And you know. They are the engine that, that makes yes. it work, yeah. you know, and they are important. Mm. So you treat them well, you Absolutely. look after them, you're very inclusive, you do yeah. things as a team. Yeah. And as you said before, you, you give them that responsibility yeah, as well to, to get on and, yeah. and do their job. So, yeah, that's that's amazing. It's all the all the great things that yeah. bring a, a great team together. Oh, I think it's important. I mean, Katie and Charlotte have got children and... Come Christmas time, you know, Charlotte was a bit worried about, you know, oh, you know, I've got a lot going on with the plays at school. And I said, never miss anything. Mm. Never. I was a stay-at-home mum. I had yeah. the privilege of being a stay-at-home mum. Mm. And by choice, and for me it was a privilege, and I was able to do things like that. Mm. And I just don't want anyone to ever miss out. Yeah. You know, mm. What's more important, work or family? Family, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And that's fundamental to every single person here. Mm. Yes. Um, so 
you've given loads of fantastic tips already. Um, my next question was going to be, if our listeners would like to improve their service excellence, are there any additional tips that you'd like to uh, to give to them to, to, to know where to start with it really? Yeah, I would say if you've had a bugbear in the past, so if you've tried to reach out to a brand or something's happened and it's just been a real bugbear, make sure it doesn't happen in your business. Mm. You know, make sure, we pick up the ball, we always say we pick the ball up when the customer contacts us via whatever channel and we never put it down. Excellent. You know, <laughs> it's always up. Uh, it's always in the set, in, in our hands, clasped in our hands and it's taken care of. Yeah. And it's almost yeah. like, I think it's like, the analogy I would use is like, the, the consumer's like an egg. You pick them up and you, 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 you nurture them, you look after them, you grow them and you never drop it, mm. ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely key. I think many of the businesses I work work with and I get called in if they've got issues with service or if they've got issues with you know, poor feedback from customers or even team problems as well if they've got communication issues and that sort of thing. And often what I find is that things are just falling between the gaps. So people will take a call, they won't pass it on, or if they pass it on, it falls between the gaps. Yeah. Then someone doesn't answer it. Yeah. So it's that accountability and taking responsibility yeah. for looking after it all the way through. So, But it's yeah. also remembering people are human. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, sometimes we do get things wrong. Good yeah. God, you know, I can't sit and say we don't, I can't think of anything we have got wrong mm. but I'm sure we have and you know all the staff are human they all have up yeah. days bad days you know mm. great days mm. uh, things going on in their lives that's fine yeah it's how you deal with things if they yeah. do go wrong though isn't it yeah. I remember one of the great stories was um, a client of ours was talking about in a workshop she was talking about something had gone wrong with a bank card and she was just about to get married and she tried to pay for something and they'd put her card on hold and she couldn't pay and it was mm. you know panic stations she called them they sorted it out and they sent her a hamper for her wedding and she was like wow she was blown away by that a couple of years later she had a baby and they sent her a baby hamper so you can imagine how many times she's talked about that story she can't remember what they did wrong really she was trying to and she went oh it's something to do with my credit card but she remembers what they did to put it right and And it is about putting it right it is 100 percent if something goes wrong you put it you stand up and go actually i've got that wrong i'm really sorry whether that be uh, a customer or an employee, mm. you know, I'm really sorry I got that wrong. How can we put it right? Yes. And think about how you can put it right. Mm. Just And learn from it. You know? Yes. I always say to people, when anybody starts here, they'll say, oh, what if I make a mistake? I said, you're going to make loads. Mm. You will make yeah. mistakes. It's okay. If you keep making the same mistake, yes. you probably look at why. Yes. <laughs> but it's okay. I've made tons of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely we are. So who inspires you, either who or what inspires you? Yeah, I've given this question much thought, um, because I do get asked it a lot, um, and it goes back to my mum. Mm. My mum inspires me. My mum was a single parent on the breadline, on the minimum wage, a whole life. And when she retired, she had eight months when she retired to when she died, and she thought she was so wealthy because she got this pension she never had to work for. And she worked damn hard. Mm. And I can see as um, an adult now, how and a, and a mother, how hard that must have been. She was the black sheep of the family. She had no mm. support and she was illiterate. She was kept mm. home to do housework when she was a child, so she was illiterate. So she must, there must have been many, many situations my mum was in when she was terrified, but she inspires me. And every single woman that's walked before me in order to make my presence 
heard. Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many women out there in history that have done amazing things have never been recognised. Yes. Um, and they have made my journey a lot easier, mm. definitely. Fantastic. And one last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. Just keep going, it'll be okay. Mm. Just keep going. Just keep being who you are. Always stay true to yourself and it will be okay in the end. Fantastic. And if people would like to find out more about you or Absolute Collagen, where should they go to find out more? So they can go onto our website, which is absolutecollagen.com and um, ask us any questions you want. You can find us over social media. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing from you. Brilliant. And I'll put all of that information in the show notes as well. So thank you very much. That's been completely fascinating. It's not often I'm lost for words, but I think you could probably tell that I was absolutely in awe of Maxine's story. I just found it absolutely fascinating when she she first told me about it. I think it's just completely inspiring how she found a product that really worked and then has really put so much effort into producing a product that is absolutely the best quality possible. And the fact that they've got that amazing customer service ethos throughout the business as well. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did. So please do let me know in the comments on whichever app you tend to listen to the podcast on. It really does help if you rate, review and comment on it. It helps other people to to find the podcast too. So I'll look forward to hearing your your comments and if you have any questions then please do get in touch and I will join you again on the next episode. Thank you so much.